My name is Pastor Greg Manning, and um, young people sometimes call me PG, stands for either Parental Guidance or Pastor Greg, whichever you want to refer to me as is fine. And I'm a pastor in New Orleans, Louisiana. I've been there for eight years, been a pastor for 20 years. Um, and so I want to share with you today just uh, about my testimony and what God has done for me in my life. Um, the title of this uh, presentation is called This Is My This. Can you say, This Is My This? And what we understand is that um, all of us have a this. So as we look at everybody in this room right here, all of us around this uh, setting, all of us have a story. I want you to think about your life as a book. And every part of that book has a chapter. It's divided up into chapters, and every chapter has a title. And so every chapter, some chapters could be called happiness, some could be called joy, some could be called death, some could be called sorrow, some could be called sickness, some could be called a victory, some could be called defeat. But every chapter of your life has a title to it, and all of you are that book. But nobody knows your story unless you tell them. Look at the person next to you and say, what's your story? Look at them again. Look at another person and say, what's your story? No, 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 no. Now say it, say it like, you're, like you're really curious and say, what's your story? <laughs> because look, look, listen, all of us try to figure each other out. Everybody in here tries to size each other up. We look at everybody from the, their shoes to the way they got their hair to the way that the, the clothing that they're wearing. And we think we know their story, but we don't know anybody's story until you open the book for somebody and tell them what your story is. So today I want to tell you a little bit about my story. Um, I was born blind. And I was born 96% blind. I have a hereditary disease called Leber's Optic Neuroapathy. And what that means is um, the disease is not in my eyes, but it's in my optic nerve. And so that literally means that I cannot see any of your faces. So that's good news at a youth gathering because sometimes some of us had a zit pop up on this, like as big as our head that's on the other side of our head. And we're like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? My hat's not big enough to cover this up. So if you have a zit on your head this morning, no, I cannot see it. I cannot see it if you're sticking your tongue out at me. I cannot see if you're winking at me. I can't see any of that. Um, because I've been blind from birth. And um, the way that plays itself out in my life, people are like, well, how do you get around? Um, what do you, do you drive? I don't drive. Lucky for you that I do not drive. Uh, you have to have no fear. But I'll tell you more about driving later because I love to drive. I will be your very best friend if you ever let me drive. So if any of you have a car here, I mean, I'll even put some money down on the line if you let me drive. But I love to drive. Um, but um, being blind my entire life, um, I've never been able to open a book and just read it. I've never been able to look at a clock on a wall. Um, I, I've never been able to look at a sunset or the mountains or the clouds. I've never been able to see how a tree moves. A friend of mine once told me that trees dance, and that's absolutely fascinating to me to even think about that. So, um, so know that I, I, I use my ears a lot when I get around. But when Jesus walked along that road and his disciples are walking with them, they came across that blind man. They said, Jesus, what happened to this guy? Who sinned him or his parents that he should be born blind? Somebody must have done something really wrong that this guy is blind, and we want to figure it out. Somebody say, what's your story? That's what they wanted to know about the blind man. What's your story? Who messed up? 
And that's what we think a lot of the time when we come to think about our this. So they're walking around the road, and Jesus has to introduce them to the concept of this. So what that means is that all of us have a this in our life. And so they thought, this guy must have done something wrong. He's in the mud, he's down on the ground, and he must have really messed up that he's blind. And that's what I used to live with in my life because here are my parents. That's Gregory on the left. That's Gail on the right. And they were 18 when they met. My mother was a cheerleader. My dad was a football player. Yada, 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 bing, bang, bang. There's me, right? And so the question is, did they sin? Well, obviously, they weren't married. They were having sex. They must have sinned. But that's not why I'm blind. That's not why I can't see. There are literally six people in my family who can't see. My older brother is blind. He went blind when he was 14 within four weeks my uncle is blind, my cousin is blind, my sister-in-law is blind, my little nephew, who is a year and a half old, just went blind because he lost his right eye and still has a little bit of sight in his left eye. He lost it because of cancer. So when I was your age, me and my family used to go to Pentecostal churches sometime. And in Pentecostal churches, they loved it when this little blind kid and his older brother came into the room because they were like, we're going to heal the blind kids today. So they would stop everything. We were like, bring the blind kids up. Me and my brother would go walking to the front of the church. They were like, oh, we're going to see a healing today. You'll heal the blind kids. So they'd have us come up and, can I use you as a volunteer, please? Can you help me out? Thank you, sir. So they stand the blind kids in front of them just like that, lay hands on them. In the name of Jesus, let them see them today in the name of Jesus. Then they go, pow, and <laughs> knock me in my head, knock my brother in their head. You can sit down. And so one day, <laughs> they're healing us, right? And, and my brother, they say to my brother, the pastor says to my brother, can you see better now? Can you see? Is your vision restored? And my brother's like, yeah, I can see. I can see. I can see everything. The piano's over there. I can see the people. And so me and my brother start to walk away. I said, Marcus, can you really see now? He's like, no, I was just getting tired of him knocking me in my head. <laughs> but but we, we were made to feel by other people that we didn't have enough faith or that we did something wrong because we were dealing with this. Can you say this is my this? But the fact is, what we had to understand is that we didn't do anything wrong and that we didn't mess up and that our parents didn't sin. And, 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 and well, they may have, but it wasn't the reason why we were blind. So this guy is blind and um, there has to be some explanation for it. And I, I kind of envision being blind like dodgeball. <laughs> dodgeball was the worst for a blind kid when I was growing up. Can you imagine in, in, closing your eyes and having a big red ball thrown at your head. So every time we played dodgeball at recess, it was like, hurry up and get the blind kid out. Knock him down. And here's me. Please don't hit me. Please don't hit me. I'm scared to death. And that's the way it is when you're dealing with something in your life. You're just scared to death. You just want to get knocked out or lay down on the ground and forget that this thing is happening to you and forget about everything that's being thrown at you when you're dealing with something in your life. And that's how it was often for me. It's like, I don't, I don't want to feel the pain of what I'm going through. I hated being blind growing up. It was, it was terrible. It was horrible. I never wanted anyone to know that I was blind. I used to try to hide it from people as best that I could. But when you mistake, you know, 
bacon for grapes. It's kind of obvious that you are, you don't know what you're doing. Or when you fall downstairs, it was hard to hide from people that I was blind. But I hated for people to know that because it meant people making fun of me. It meant people um, um, casting me out and not accepting me as their friends. It meant a lot of things. And so it was really difficult. Can you say, this is my this? All of us in this room have a this. My this, see, when we look at the words in John chapter 9 that we read that was up on the screen moments ago, when Jesus walked along the road, he said to his disciples, he said, this thing happened, this happened so that the power of God can be displayed in his life. When they were walking and Jesus said, well, neither send him or his parents, he said, this happened so that the power of God can be displayed in his life. Say this. So the word this, and this is going to take you back to English class. The word this is what kind of word? Pronoun. It's a pronoun. The word, the word this is a pronoun. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, that's right. The word this is a pronoun, and it points to something else. Can you say this is my this? It's a pronoun that points to something else. And my this is that I am blind, that I can't see, that I'll never be able to see my vision, I can't wear contacts, I can't wear glasses, I can't have surgery, that's my this, it's what I deal with every single day of my life, and when I was your age, I had to deal with the fact that I would never be able to be that person driving that car right there, and guess what, I got angry with God, I was so ticked off at God, I mean, I would scream, I would cuss God out, I'd be like, Lord, why me? Why me? Why all my other friends are getting their driver's licenses, doing whatever they want to do, going wherever they want to go? Why me, God? And it made me so angry, and I used to shut down all the time because of my this. Here's what I want each and every one of you to know, is that all of us in this room has a this that you're going through. And my this is that I can't see, but if you were to open up the book of your life, all of you have a this that maybe you're ashamed of and that you don't want to talk about, that you want to hide from the world, that you don't want your friends and youth group or the other people you're, you're here with to be able to know that you're dealing with something. But I guarantee you, if we could look into your life, into your soul, if we could get a glimpse of you behind closed doors, we would see what you cry about. We would see what you, what you talk to your friends on the phone about, what you write about. If we could see into your mind, we could see what you were really scared about. It's your this. Someone say, this is my this. Some of you are dealing with the fact that you don't like looking at yourself in the mirror. You don't like the way you look. When you get up in the mirror, you just can't stand yourself because of the way you look or something that you've done. Some of you are going through a this because your parents got divorced and, 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 and it's broken up your life. Some of you are going through a this because you've got some major things going down in your family right now that you can't tell anybody about. Maybe someone's addicted. Maybe someone's going through abuse. Maybe someone has walked out on you. Someone say, this is my this. Some of you right now have had somebody that you really care about. How many of you have had somebody that you really loved that has passed away and it shattered your world? It's rocked you and you don't know what to do. Say, this is my this. Some of you, uh, um, something that you expected to happen this year 
something, success that you expected to happen, something that you expected to go your way, it didn't turn out that way. It, it disappointed you. It discouraged you. It, it messed up all the plans that you had for your life that you thought were going to go that way. Say, this is my this. And, and, and all of us besides me in this room, we have a this. It's something that we're carrying something that we're dealing with, something that we're having a hard time comprehending. But God says, and I don't know if you know this, that Jeremiah 29, 11 says, and repeat after me, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Now say, this is my this. So, so, so it's all right to get angry with God. Whatever you're going through right now, whatever the difficulty is, just like me, it is natural, it is normal, it is okay to get, get angry with God, to get ticked off at him and say, God, I don't get this. My life was fine. Everything was good. And then this had to happen. Say it's a this thing. Th this thing had to happen. And I don't get it, God. It doesn't make sense. Nothing you can say to me can explain why this horrible thing had to happen. And I'm mad, God. That's all right to be mad. Why? Because the Lord understands every last one of your emotions. He created you just the way you are. He made every part of you. He made every shape of you. He made you how tall you are, how skinny you are. He knew everything that you would go through. He knew, he knows all of your emotions. So it's okay to get mad at God, but it's not okay to stay in that place. Yeah, I was mad at God when I'm looking at all my friends driving, but God brought me moments of joy because my best friend in high school, his first car was a 1972 pink Cadillac. It was a, about as long as this room. It was crazy big. But I, my dad would give me money and, 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 and as an allowance. I guess he, I don't know, felt bad. I don't know. But I would, get, I would get, get money, and Mark could never afford to fill up that car. It took like $200 to fill up the gas tank back then. So, so he couldn't afford to fill it up. So he's like, Greg, if you put some, you know, $25, $30 in the gas tank, then you can drive. I'm like, Really? Bet it's on. We're gonna be driving today. So he, I'm just as blind as I am now. He'd come over to my house, pick me up in this 1972. Anybody know who Mary Kay is? That's before your time. But Mary Kay, right? It was a Mary Kay pink Cadillac. He'd come over. Nobody knew this, but he and I. And, and he, I'd fill up the tank with about thirty, put about thirty dollars in the car, and I'd be driving that car all throughout the neighborhood. The problem was Mark liked to talk. And because he liked to talk, he'd be looking at me the whole time, just talking away. I'm like, dude, I can't see, so somebody has to watch the road. And this is no, no joke. I'd be driving that car all over the place. It was a blast. But, 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 but so that helped me out a little bit and let, helped me to be less angry with God because I'm like, God, yeah, there are some moments of joy. So it's okay to be angry with God wherever you are with this in your life. Someone say it's not your fault. That's what you got to understand. Whatever's happening in your life right now, it is not your fault. You did not do anything wrong. And that's what happens in our life. We, we get to that point where we're like, uh, uh, God must be punishing me. This horrible thing is happening. I must have done something seriously wrong that God is punishing me and allowing me to happen. Give, allowing this to happen. Give that up. 
Forget about that. Wipe that out. You did not do anything wrong to cause anything that you're going through in your life right now. It was part of God's plan, and God can use it for his glory if you give it to God. Say, this is my this. And, and, and you, don't, you wouldn't believe how many times I run into people, and they say, I must have done something really bad. I must have done something really horrible that God is doing this to me. And my answer is always no. Why? Because Jesus took every bit of the punishment to the cross, right? He took it to the cross for us. So the Lord says, if I took every degree of the punishment to the cross, there's no more left for you. You're not the reason that person died. You are not the reason why that person got sick. You're not the reason why anything is going on in your life. God said, I meant it so that my power can be displayed in your life. When I finally began to understand that the Lord said, this happened. Can you say this happened? And, and think about now, what is your this? What is the this that you're going through? What's the this thing that you're going through right now? What's the thing that keeps you up at, at, at night? What's the thing that just always is on your mind? The Lord said this happened so that the power of God may be displayed in his life. There's a Bible verse that said his, his, his power is made perfect in our what? Anybody know? In our weakness. This happens so that God can display his power because, see, there's going to be times that God is going to trust you with something. If you are sick in this room today and you've got some sort of disease, God's trusting you with that. If somebody has died in your life and, 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 and died of some disease that you, don't, that you can't really talk about right now or whatever, or something catastrophic has happened, or even something that others wouldn't consider so bad but you know it's bad, the Lord said this happens so that the power of God can be displayed in his life, in your life. Why? Because he trusted you. I'll never forget this. I had a friend who's um, um, a pastor and his wife. Their son graduated from high school when he was 18. And I remember one morning I wake up to a uh, text message that said our son just died in a car accident last night. 18 years old, the week before, had just graduated and died in a car accident. Great student, smart, didn't get into trouble, got hit by a car and died. And that evening, we had a praise celebration at the church. And the pastor's wife said, we praise God because he trusted us with this. Because you know why that's trust? It's trust because somebody else would have said, we're not going to praise God. We're going to refuse to glorify God in this. God is not good. God is horrible that he allowed our 18-year-old son to die. But they said, we, we thank God because he trusted us that we're going to glorify God with this. Listen, whatever you're going through in life, someone say again, this is my this. God's trusting you with that right now that you will raise it up to God and say, God, I give you this. I give it to you, Lord God, and I trust that, that you're going to allow this to be used for your glory and for your power in my life. When we think about our life, we've got two roads to go on. You can either go down the road that says, I'm going to be down in the dumps. I'm going to cry. I'm going to complain. I'm going to be angry. Or you can take the other road. And the other road says, I will glorify God and say, God, I'm going to share my testimony with everybody and say, look at me and what God has done. I am, I grew up in a poor part of town in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, my parents were divorced. My, 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 my mom was in an abusive relationship for like four years. It was terrible. And, 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 I, and, and God blessed me in my life. 
And I never dreamed that I would be, I've spoken twice on the state main stage at national youth gatherings. I've spoken all over the world in, at, at different events telling young people just like you that no matter what your this is, then God can use it in your life. I never dreamed that. But when I decided to give my this up to God, and say, God, use this. That's when God began to do his best work in my life. So there's two roads you can go on. God says, choose the road that's going to glorify me and lift me up no matter what uh, you choose or what comes your way. Say, this is my this. So that's my brother and my nephew right there. My nephew, David, he can see. My, old, my older brother went blind when he was 14. Um, he went blind within four weeks, my older brother. And now he's married to my sister-in-law, who's also totally blind, and they've got three kids. David is one of the sighted kids, and they've got another daughter who can see and a baby son who's a month and a half who cannot see. This kid right here, he's going to have an incredible story, an incredible story about how he snuck out of the house because his parents couldn't see him going out. <laughs> they, they even own a car, but they can't see. He's going to have an incredible story. And so, and I can't wait to hear it one day when he'll be going. But all of us, all of us have a story. So when, in, in, in 2014, in September 2014, my mom called me up on the phone. And she says, um, the doctor says that I have a brain tumor. And, and, and I said, mom, you have a brain tumor? She said, yes. And I said, what's going to happen? And she said, um, the doctor says either I have to have surgery in two weeks or I'm going to die in two years. Somebody said, this is my this. And I said, Mom, so what are we going to do? And she says, well, your dad and I discussed it, and we're going to have the surgery. And so Mom went into the surgery. It was a 15-hour surgery. That's her right before she went into the surgery with her doctor. Someone said, this is my this. It was funny, she had a photographer come and to take pictures of us all in the hospital room. And since mom had no hair, um, we all put on these bandanas, and so did the doctor. And we had a wonderful time. Mom and then went in the surgery for 15 hours. And, then, and before she went in the surgery, me and my family got together. And we said, this is our this. And we made up our mind to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they were put in a what? You remember? The fiery furnace. And here's what they said when they were put in the fiery furnace. They said, Nebuchadnezzar, here's what we want you to know, that we're still going to glorify our God. No matter whether we live or die, we're going to give glory to our God. No matter what happens, even if we burn in here, we're still going to be praising our God. So me and my family said, if our mother lives or if she dies, we're still going to praise God. And my dad looked at me and he said, well, yeah, we're going to do that. But it's the if part that scares me. Someone said, this is my this. So mom went into the surgery for 15 hours, and she went in at 9 o'clock at 12.30 a.m. in the morning. She came out of surgery, and she was alive. She was moving her hands, moving her legs. She was smiling. She could say her name. She could say her ABCs, and the doctor said, come on in and say, give your mother a hug. And, and we went on in. We gave her a hug, and we kissed her, and, and we said, mom, we're going to let you rest, and we'll go back home. We came back the next morning at 6.30, and me and my brother were in the cafeteria getting coffee. And the ICU nurse comes down from the stairs in the cafeteria. I see, I see him coming. I couldn't see his face, but I felt his presence. Someone say, this is my this. And he begins to walk over, and, 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 and I said, what's wrong? And he said, your mother fell asleep, and we don't know how to wake her up. And, 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 and he said, we're trying our hardest to, to wake her up, but she just won't wake up. And all day long, we waited and waited and waited and waited for mom to wake up. And then finally, at 6.30, the doctor says she's not going to wake up. 
we've got to turn off the machines now. She's brain dead. She's not going to wake up. Someone say, this is my this. And at that point, I realized that this is just another this. This adds to my story. This is what God is doing. And right now, we show his power because when mom woke up that morning at 1230 and she was moving and she was talking, we put on Facebook, we said, mom's alive. She made it through this 15-hour surgery. She's doing fine. Everybody rejoiced with us that mom is doing fine. And then when she died later that day, my younger brother, who's five years younger than me, he looked at me and said, what do we do now? He said, we just got done telling all our friends that mom was alive and doing well and that God did a miracle. What do we do now? I said, we'll do exactly what we told God that we would do. We'd praise him whether she lived or we died. That She died. We'd said that, and that's what we're going to do. Someone said, this is my this. It's a this thing, right? So everybody in here, whether it's your mom or your dad or something going on in your family or you, you're sick, you give it over to God and say, God, I will glorify you and allow your power to be seen. Listen, there is no reason why I ought to be here. There is no reason why God should have blessed me in my life this much. But God trusted me to be blind. He trusted me to never drive a car for your sake, right? He trusted me never to be able to read a book. He trusted me to, to, to have to count steps when I walk around here. He trusted me to be able to try to get through the convention center with 20,000 purple backpack children coming at me and sometimes running. Y'all, when y'all run through the hallway, I feel like buffalo are about to trample me down. It gives me a heart attack. I had hair before I came here, right? So it scares me to death, but God trusted me with what? This. So here's where I leave you. I want you to take your hands just like this. I want you to take a moment and I want you to think about the this that God has put in your hands. What, what is your this? And, and I guarantee you, you, when I look at you, your lives aren't perfect. You all have a story. You have things that you haven't told anybody about. You have things that you're scared to deal with that you don't want anybody to know. And maybe you're not ready to tell your story. And that's all right. Just begin by telling God. Begin by telling Jesus, this is my this, and I know it's a struggle for me. I know it's hard, and I know I don't want anybody to know about, but God, here's where I start. I'm going to raise it up to you and ask you to show your power because if I can get through this thing right here, then everybody know it was, will know it was only because of God that I made it through. It was only because of Jesus that I'm on the other side of this. Someone say, this is my this. So, so only you know what's in your hand right now. Only you. And maybe someone you've told somebody else, but, but you know what it is. And maybe it, it's nothing right now. Maybe you can't identify anything. But I guarantee you, as you live longer in your life, you're going to have some things that are going to happen. And I wish as young people that, and your parents wish that they could spare you from the, the terrible things that are going to happen. That they could just lock you up and keep that stuff from happening. But they can't. We can't. And so some bad things are really going to happen. People are going to desert you and walk away from you and hurt you. This is going to be some tough times. But then say, just, just look, look up to God who is ever present with you in time of trouble and say, it's a this thing, God. Isn't this a this thing right now, Lord? And then give it to him and say, this is my this. And God, show your power right now through this. And then realize that God says, okay, we're going to walk this road together. And we're going to get through it on the other side. And so, um, and what, whatever it is, this is my this.